on my style. The audio you're about to listen to was recorded during the London Runway Virtual Festival 2022, sponsored by House of Icons. Head to our Instagram, at London Runway Mag, to watch the matching videos in full if you prefer. Just waiting for a few more people to arrive. Um, my hi everyone. Uh, my name's Ruth Croft, and I am a writer for London Runway. Um, I started about a year ago, um, so I've been working with them for about a year. So that's been really great. Um, but today actually is my very first interview that I've ever done, and it's also my first time uh, doing an Instagram live. So please bear with me. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope everything will go pretty smoothly. Um, I'm going to start uh, the live show by announcing our sponsor. Uh, the London Runway Virtual Festival 2022 is sponsored by House of Icons. Uh, the House of Icons Fashion Week London will be bringing a new and exciting concept to fashion. Designers and creatives from around the world will truly be uniting the world of creativity under one roof. Highlighting beauty, creativity, art and diversity overcoming the current global obstacle, fashion can't be stopped, fashion can never be stopped. Um, the Fashion House has always taken great pride in offering opportunities to all creatives from all backgrounds and all ages from around the world upon their platform. This upcoming season, the show continues to celebrate beauty and diversity on their platform of models of all ages, shape, height and backgrounds from around the world, setting the standard as market leaders, not followers. The event will be held at the Leonardo Royal St Paul's London Hotel in the heart of the City of London on Saturday the 17th of September 2022. Designers who have been on this platform have worked with and dressed celebrities such as Paris Hilton, J-Lo, Katy Perry and more. Designers have also established their own boutiques and stocked in department stores all around the world. They're joining forces with Liberté International, a UK-based agency managing the full life cycle of your digital portfolio. Their services include consultations, planning, design, and the launch of products such as NFTs, wearable designs and collections, virtual concerts, shows, and events on the metaverse, including digital asset management and a roadmap to your very own crypto coins and currency. Their clients range from world-renowned celebrities to world-class sports athletes to empowering influencers to the most prestigious fashion and household brands across the world. The House of Icons branding will be used exclusively with Liberté International. With new and emerging designers, performances and virtual experiences, House of Icons Fashion Week London will be bringing guests a whole new fashion experience. So yeah, that's the sponsorship for the London Runway Virtual Festival 2022. And without further ado, uh, let's start the interview. Um, I'll be talking to Virginia Mendez, the author of Childhood Unlimited. And we'll be chatting about gender bias in fashion, starting with children's fashion and how it ultimately affects us later on in life. So let's begin. Let me figure out how to add Virginia to the live. I think Virginia has to request to join. I'm not sure. 
There we go. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi. Nice How are you? You too. And it's very exciting that it's your first interview. Make it more special for me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite nervous. I'm sort of shaking a little bit, but yeah. Thank you for joining. Sure, we'll be fine. Yeah. So let's begin. Um, so my first question is, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do? Your book was published in April. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what inspired you to write Childhood Unlimited? Well, I um, a friend of mine called me once a professional feminist. So I've been rolling with that title for um, since then. So I founded with my husband, thefeministshop.com. I've written two children's books, one against gender stereotypes and the other one about consent. And my final book, which is Childhood Unlimited, it's for parents. Um, well, it's for everybody, but it's more focused on how there's so many gender stereotyping from the moment we're born and how that shape who we become and what can we do to, you know, overcome it or minimize it. Um, and I also do just public speaking and workshops and things in corporates and schools. So basically, if there's any feminist related, um, I'm there. <laughs> That's where I'm going to be. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> And yeah, you ask about what inspired me to write this book. Um, so I'm a mom of two, Eric and Nora. Um, so I was a boy and a girl. And, and I was a feminist already. I wasn't always a feminist, but by the time I was pregnant with Eric, I definitely was. And I've spent a lot of hours reading and researching and observing and tweaking things. And I've been having so many conversations with friends and family about it and they always said that oh yeah I can hear your voice now when I go shopping or oh I saw these and I thought Virginia would hate it or Virginia would love this <laughs> and I and I realized that obviously it wasn't my voice it was their voice and I was just so happy to be able to spark it um so because I cannot have a million conversations I thought okay how can I shape this into a book so the book is very conversational and I hope that people that read it just feel like they're just hanging with a friend that is passionate about the topic and it's telling them all what the science and the studies um, are saying about it. Yeah. So what I kind of understand about gender bias is that it tends to be a preference over one gender rather than the other and that it obviously is all interlinked with sexism, which is inherent in society still and feminism and all that. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what is gender bias in clothing and can you give some examples? Yes, I mean, it's um, it's also the biggest stereotype and it's whenever we reduce people just because of their gender about what they are supposed to like, look like and the expectations we have about them. And it is extremely clear precisely in clothes. And I was out today buying some things for the return to work and the to return to school and uniforms and I was like no nothing has changed I still work to do so it's that idea that girls um girls currencies beauty for example and the way we teach them from very early stages that being beautiful is more important than being comfortable or being warm um, and then we allowed with with boys another kind of um clothing that keeps them you know that invites them to be more active 
but it's everywhere in clothing you get it's not only the shape or the materials which also but it's the motive the slogans and the fabrics is is so many messaging that perpetuates that idea that we are very different and that we're supposed to like one thing over another so the classic you know whenever you're you have animals in in t-shirts ones tend to be um predators and the other ones tend to be praise or you know those little details that be a genius versus keep a smiling or be kind yeah I was just I was thinking about it this morning when I was sort of doing my research and how when I was growing up it was still very much predominantly the uh, pink is for girls blue is for boys and like you could see that reflected in every piece of clothing in every store and like you said it's still such a huge thing it's like this underlying I don't, I don't know how you would describe it, but this underlying thing that is so prevalent. Um, so, yeah. And even even things um, like anything that is remotely feminine, it's a no-no for boys. Like, boys, and again, it's from very early stages. Um, there is that rejection of pinks or purples. Um, anything with sequins, for example, or glitter, they have to be over-masculine size. So they're starting to do... Um, sequence t-shirts for boys but they're all like roaring dinosaurs or something I say don't get confused I'm still very much a man so it's that idea of defending or portraying strong masculinity and rejecting anything that is feminine and again that sends a very loud message because nobody has a problem with a girl wearing boyish clothes whenever I wear my daughter with um with my son hand-me-downs I never get any comments but whenever Eric is wearing a jumpsuit a flowery jumpsuit that we got from a friend there's a lot of "Mm, are you okay with this I'm like yes I'm perfectly fine with that so yeah there's still a lot of um yeah social pressure and and a lot of I, I think generally a lot of time it's just people not being aware or not realizing I think it's just you go on automatic you go to the boys section or you know we just have it in our head and unless somebody tells you have you realized and then you cannot not you know you cannot see it anymore because every time you go it's like it's true it's everywhere so I think it's one of those that is just letting the penny drop yeah you just reminded me of another story as well when I was younger and my mum was always really against gender stereotypes and that sort of thing um and so when I was younger I had my hair quite short and she used to just dress me up in like dungarees and like blues and darker colours and that sort of thing and there were so many times where people would come up to her and be like oh you what what a lovely little boy and stuff like that just assuming that I was male because of what she put me in um which is incredibly telling it's like what you said I don't people didn't mean any harm they didn't mean you know they just saw what they've been taught sort of thing but obviously it's not a great example but yeah it's, it's just that what I find interesting about it is that those things don't happen in a vacuum so whenever I have these conversations with people they tend to tell me like oh my god it's just a t-shirt or it's just a and it's just a toy or it's just a show but the problem is that 
And, and that's what I tried to do in the book. I, I went into a kind of deeper analysis in books, media, toys, language, clothes. And whenever you put all that together and, and you realize that it's not just one thing in isolation, then you see the power it can have on defining, you know, like especially at the early ages in which it's very, we're, we're setting up our idea of who we are and what expectations the world has about about us. So, yeah, I think it's important to check and just realize and even just be aware and, and, and see things in the, in the bigger perspective. Yeah. Um, so the next question is, how does bias in childhood uh, affect us when we become adults? Well, I think um, if, if you talk to most women, um, they'll have, it doesn't matter how different we are, our life experience, I think there are certain ideas that we all share and they all come from that big, loud messages that society sends us. So again, things like the importance of beauty and the caring aspect and, you know, that, uh, and some of them are good. I mean, I'm not saying that necessarily are bad, like in the extra intel emotional intelligence. I mean, there, there are certain traits that we feel like define us or that we all have assumed, and they're part of that global um, idea of what we've been told from childhood till adulthood, the importance of romantic relationships that men, for example, don't have. And the same with um, with men terms of growing up and you know the be competitive or you know be a sporty that idea of there are certain status or traits that are celebrated in manhood that are not necessarily so it's that idea that men are women one are from Venice you know the Venus and Mars were very different um you know this is what we're supposed to look like that is what it's celebrated when the reality is that we're just people and there is much more or it could definitely be more, especially if we, if we educated and, and our life experience from the beginning were similar, we would just be more people in the world with our difference and our similarities. So, yeah, I think, um, I think from career choices to romantic choices to uh, an even house chores plates, the, you know, all those kind of things begin from that from the beginning and from that society uh, messaging. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so obviously because it's such an integral part of society, whether we like it or not, have you seen any progress or change in the recent years? Oh yeah, loads. And I think I've also seen a lot of movement backwards, but I think that is a, kind of a response are well every time there is a change in a status quo there is you know a contraction of people trying um, to hold on into it so yeah I think we've, we're having many more conversations and um, like if you watch tv now especially well but especially for older kids like you have a of shows um presentation and not only about stereotypes but also um i don't know if it's, it's if it's mine or yours but i think the internet is going it's fine can you hear me okay 
I don't know if it's going. Hi, Ruth. I got you back. I don't know. I think. Uh, yeah, that's what happened with his life. Uh, yeah, sorry. Was but yeah, no, I think if you look at you? TV or if you look at, at books, um, I think the changes are massive, even even in clothing, even there's more and more companies involved and wanting to do better. And not only in terms of gender, but also in terms of heteronormativity um, and similar things. Like we are starting to see more representation of um, non-binary or homosexual or bisexuality. And I think that's great. I mean, I think there is definitely movement in representation and in diversity, but there's also a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we should celebrate and take those wins as a victory and, and just to keep us, you know, fueled to keep working. Yeah. Can, can we hear me now? Or... I can't hear you okay yeah. now. Just see if anyone comments if they can hear me. I'm not sure what, what went wrong. Just buffering, I think. Not sure. Okay, well. I'll just carry on, I think. Um, okay, so um, what can consumers do to improve the situation? Well, I think we need to, with our money, you choose a company, an ethical company, another one every time you, um, whenever you, for example, we are, are sending a message because companies are saying that they're just producing what the consumer wants and this is the catch-22 because consumers are buying what they're offered and what they're marketed but at yeah. the same time companies are saying that they're just responding to the demand mm -hmm. um, so I think there's there's things that we can do we can you know we can be conscious of what we buy we can also write to them i think sunshine magazine is doing this campaign in which uh, is asking consumers to write um companies uh, whenever they buy things you know gender atypical so if you're buying something feminine let's say for your son writing to them and letting them know look i bought this you know stop the thing so being vocal and vote with your money yeah and so obviously there's only so, like you said, there's only so much really that consumers can do because the problem is at the source. So what can designers do to improve the situation? Again, I think it's about realizing sometimes. I think, I don't think there is this secret club of very mean people trying to, you know, keep our kids submissive towards, you know, through a butterfly t-shirt or anything like that. I think it's just a completely you know overseen so we have absorbed so much that that's what a girl is that's what boy is that's what you know feminine is that that we don't realize about the bigger messages we're sending so um yeah i think for example at the moment in kids fashion there is a lot of replicating adults fashion so clothes that would be great and will have some sense in teenagers or in adults they are produced for little kids and they look cute don't I mean don't get me wrong they look really cute but it's about trying to think farther about which messages is this sending what are we telling to this little girl whenever we're sending her to play with a crock top or you know or a flimsy thing because 
that's not comfortable. The reality is that that's not warm or that's not comfortable. So it's about understanding that there are, we are sending messages in our designs and we are be kind. But again, that, that be kind is part of a million that girl has been told that the most important thing, woman and a girl is being kind and be liked. So, so yeah, I guess it's about, I will invite designers, especially kids close to read my book and hopefully um, get some ideas about what message um, gets farther. But um, yeah. Again, I'm not sure if it's my connection. I know. Um, be your top tips you could give for parents who are concerned about gender bias well one thing that i do is i don't have clothes that i wouldn't let both my kids to wear so whenever i get hand-me-downs and normally that's what my kids wear i make a choice about if i wouldn't feel comfortable with eric wearing that why am i comfortable with nora wearing it or the other way around so i try to um have in the house only clothes that I feel comfortable with for everybody. Um, I focus about, yeah, things like quality, sturdiness, materials. Are they warm? Are they going to be able to run? Um, I mean, they also have dresses, but, you know, those kind of things. And I also always invite parents to let kids choose their own clothes. Um, I think there is a lot of value in letting kids present to the world the world the way they like yeah i mean obviously you've pre you know pre-accepted and the truth is that sometimes they look absolutely ridiculous i'm not going to tell you that your kid is always going to look awesome but i think there is so much power in that you know allowing them to present the world as in it doesn't matter i mean as long as you are happy as long as you like the way you look what the rest of the world think of what you look should not stop you from being that um so yeah i think sometimes you know we focus a lot in how we like them to look like but that's for us more than for them yeah. so yeah and again whenever you're buying clothes just just remember that you are part of the chain you are voting you are validating the company's decisions about what gets produced and what gets no because if those extremely stereotyped clothing didn't get bought they will stop getting produced. Yeah. So, yeah. So if readers, if people who are watching this would like to buy your most recent book, Childhood Unlimited, uh, where can they get it? Where can they buy it from? Well, everywhere, which is good. But yeah, classic Amazon. Um, what I was going to say, if you do, please do leave a review, though. <laughs> and I sell it as well in the feminine shop. Um, so if you buy it there, let me know and I'll send it signed. And anyway, like Waterstones, just your local bookshop. So it should be widely available. Yeah. And so what, what response would you like from your readers? So, you know, you've put this book out there. Do you like, what sort of change would you like to see in people? Would you, you know, that sort of thing. What, what response would you like from them? So, so far, the response I got uh, from the book is really good because, again, it's, people are excited to make changes uh, and they feel equipped to do so. And I think as parents, 
it all everything feels like homework and i think everything feels very heavy like you have to get this right this is very important you know and i wanted to write a book to just tell them look this is what science is saying this is what i feel this is my own life experience we're never going to get it right there is so much we can do but you know here are tips and here are ideas and and i think yeah people are telling me that they're excited to try it and they've started new things and they've just realized things without effort just seeing them so yeah if i can give that to people just that easy awareness then i'll be delighted yeah so i guess it's just it's a step in the right direction for a lot of people i assume yeah fingers crossed yeah <laughs> um so yeah and um, for the final question, I'd like to ask you about your business, The Feminist Shop, which you co-founded. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that, how you started it, what was the inspiration? So my husband and I started it because we felt like it was missing a ethical feminist brand uh, that we could go to. So it was Christmas and we were like, okay, I want to buy, and you could find a slogan, t-shirts or things like that in yeah. different places but we wanted a recognizable brand and something that you know take a lot of, of our values so something that was good for the environment that was good for in production um but we mostly wanted a hub where people could learn and and get inspired and feel feminine so there's a lot of free content there's a lot of um we sell a lot of books and and yeah, we just want to be the place where people go and have a look and maybe read an article or do a quiz and, and check and just keep us in mind. Um, there is a sense of, I believe a lot in the power of brands for creating communities. So, you know, Doc Martens, you see somebody else with them or there's t-shirts of, of bands, that sense of like, oh, we have this in common, we share this thing. I think that's very powerful. And and if we can do that through feminism, getting people, like we might disagree about certain things, but we are part of the same team and we're fighting for the same values. I think that's really, I think that's really powerful. So yeah. that is what we are trying to create. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all the questions I have. Um, but thank you so much, Virginia, for joining me. Apologies again about the technology issues. <laughs> um, but no, I've had a really nice time chatting to you today um, Same. um yeah so thank you for joining it was really good to have a really interesting conversation with you um and i think next up on the london runway virtual festival we have another live interview so i think that's going out at six so definitely come back don't miss that guys um but yeah the, that's it really thank you again virginia for talking to me it was Bye. Really, and it was really nice to meet you as well same. Yeah. Okay. So thank you. Bye. Have a nice day of the weekend. Bye. This episode of London Runway Style was presented by me, Chief Editor Rhiannon de Verg. You can find full issues as well as interviews, articles, trend reports, and more at londonrunway.co.uk. And follow us at London Runway Mag on most social media channels. Until next time, enjoy. <laughs>